Welcome to today's edition of CS Computing News, in which we give you a brief but focused look at several of the biggest and most interesting technology-related stories. Our first story is, researchers find highly advanced malware that spied on systems for six years. Security vendor Symantec has discovered sophisticated malicious software that's been spying on individuals, governments, academic researchers, companies, and telecommunications infrastructure since 2008. In a white paper, Symantec called the Regan malware, quote, groundbreaking and almost peerless, unquote. Company researchers said it was used on targets primarily in Russia and Saudi Arabia, but also in countries such as Afghanistan, Austria, Belgium, India, Ireland, Mexico, and Pakistan. Regan consists of various modules and divides its attacks into five stages. The malware then collects passwords and screenshots from victims' computers, monitors network traffic, gathers information from memory, retrieves deleted files, and takes over point-and-click capabilities. According to Symantec, users could customize Regan and add new features and capabilities. Researchers said it appears the attackers used Regan to gather intelligence, not to steal intellectual property. Symantec says the malware infects victims in various ways, some they still haven't identified. For example, the attackers have directed targets to fake versions of popular websites, then downloaded the malware. Researchers noted that the malware was so complicated that it probably took months or perhaps years to write, and that the developers used encryption and other techniques to make it difficult to trace. Security experts say the multi-stage approach and general complexity is like previous espionage tools, such as Flame and Stuxnet, believed to be developed by governments. However, Symantec hasn't yet been able to identify who designed Regan. They said they're aware of only 100 infections so far. Regan was first used to spy on individuals in 2008, was withdrawn in 2011, and was then updated and re-released in 2013 to eavesdrop on bigger targets. Our second story is, company at the center of controversy over the future of cloud services and TV broadcasting declares bankruptcy. Aereo, which lost a high-profile U.S. Supreme Court case in June of this year over its provision of TV programming to mobile devices, has declared bankruptcy. Company CEO Chet Kanoja said on the firm's website, quote, the U.S. Supreme Court decision effectively changed the laws that had governed Aereo's technology, creating regulatory and legal uncertainty. He continued, Accordingly, today we filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy reorganization proceedings. Doing so to let the company, which ceased service three days after the Supreme Court decision, avoid further court battles and retain its remaining assets. In its service, Aereo used thousands of tiny antennas, one for each subscriber in the 11 cities it served, to grab over-the-air TV signals and send them to customers' smartphones and tablet computers. The system included a digital video recorder that captured and stored programming and sent it on demand via the cloud to viewers. Most U.S. customers receive these shows via cable or satellite companies, which, unlike Aereo, pay TV stations for the right to transmit them. 
Almost all major U.S. media companies filed suit a few weeks after the new service was introduced in 2012, saying it undermined their businesses and violated copyright law. The broadcasters argued that Aereo improperly profited from copyrighted material without paying the copyright holders. Aereo contended that it was entitled to freely use programming broadcast on public airwaves and that its service is no different than a traditional TV antenna that receives over-the-air signals and sends them to users. Industry observers said the case could change the way TV is broadcast, affect the future of many cloud-based services, and alter the way copyrights are handled in the U.S. Aereo won at the federal, district, and appellate court levels before losing in the Supreme Court. Our final story is, gaming companies are worried that using virtual reality in their products could make players sick. Several new technological developments have caused excitement about the possibility that game developers could finally incorporate virtual reality into their products. For example, Oculus VR has unveiled several prototypes of its Oculus Rift virtual reality head-mounted display and plans to release a commercial version next year. Sony Computer Entertainment is developing Project Morpheus, a virtual reality headset that would work with the Sony PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. It could be available in 2015. Players, game device makers, and game developers have said virtual reality could enhance the playing experience, which could ultimately increase the sales of devices and games. However, some major independent gaming publishers have not yet supported making the considerable investment necessary to introduce the technology into their products. Two of the biggest publishers, Take-Two Interactive Software and Electronic Arts, say they're concerned that virtual reality could give some players motion sickness. According to Take-Two, not only does the technology currently cause nausea in some users, but developers must also work out how controllers will work within a virtual reality environment. Electronic Arts, which has experimented with virtual reality for its games, says that the technology has potential, but that prototype headsets have caused motion sickness in people, including those even slightly prone to such problems. However, both companies say that the problem doesn't seem insurmountable and that Oculus VR and Sony should continue to work on the issue. Oculus says that advancements in eye tracking and other technologies could play an important role in making virtual reality more acceptable for use in gaming, but that the technology may always make some people sick. Thank you for listening, and check back for another edition of CS Computing News.